In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. And welcome to Broads and Books. I'm Erin. And I'm Amy. And this is episode number 97. Look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. <laughs> I tried to not sing it there and it went weird. <laughs> I'm obsessed with this song, just so you know. And well, a little bit with it. Taylor Swift. Oh, are you? Yeah, okay. a little yeah, bit. Yeah. A little mm-hmm. bit. I don't want to like fully claim it like uh, whatever they call them, Swifties or something. Oh, no. That's a terrible name. Why would you claim that? I, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm not that level. No. I just Some of her songs very much speak to me. I like the yeah. lyrics. Now, some of them are too like you know cutesy love story sure no, not sure, that. sure, sure. But this yeah. one real intense yeah like the old taylor can't come to the phone because she's, she's dead. dead yeah i mean there's some stuff in here and it, the some of the imagery because i watched the video mm-hmm. this week once you came up with this idea and i was like oh this is a lot of uh just f you to a lot of people yes and i like yes. that yes and it, the whole premise is you know this look what you made me do i'm not gonna play your game mm-hmm. you're not gonna win and i thought it went great this week with this idea of women being fed up Fed up. Fed up. Being tired of doing work that no one else has to do. And mm-hmm. I don't mean cooking and cleaning. I'm talking more about like emotional labor. Yes. I have to watch the way I talk to you because otherwise yes. you're going to get upset. Exactly. That kind of work. And because of that, I'm doing something you might think is crazy, but you made me do it. Yeah. Look what, made, look look what, what you made, you me, made do. me do. I also love that sometimes men use that line on women uh-huh. and she's turning it yeah. around. Yes. I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I can use that too. Mm-hmm. I like it. I do too. Yeah. It is a real, like, when you listen to the song, it can really get you kind of pumped up. It's a good That's a one. powerful line. It is. Yeah. It's got some kind of, the music is real catchy. Mm-hmm. Real mm-hmm. catchy. Real, a real catchy tune. Real catchy that tune. That <laughs> listen to. It's this pop music today. Really connecting with the youths through Taylor Swift. <laughs> so thinking about, you know, emotional labor, mm-hmm. invisible labor, mm-hmm. things that women do. Mm-hmm that men often don't acknowledge. No. The society doesn't really acknowledge. No one does. No. No one does. It really leads to, oftentimes we're not as honest. because no. We can't be. No. What do you think would happen if we were brutally honest all the time? If we just let go of all that shit and just decided, I'm going to say what I think. How do you think the world for, would change? It would collapse. <laughs> the entire world would collapse. I think so too. And he, because m- men are so conditioned to be prepared for us to do the emotional labor in conversations or how we present things. Mm-hmm. I'm going to present this in a way that's not a blow to your ego. Yes. I'm going to make you understand or make you think this is your idea. Mm-hmm. Women hear that all the time. You got to make them think it's their idea. Exactly. If we said, no, actually, this is my idea and it's a good one. Listen. And everyone across the board did that. Mm-hmm. It would be a complete collapse. They wouldn't know what to do mm-hmm. because they'd have to actually face it they're not as smart yep they're not as good they're not as quick and all the hard work they think they've been doing yes 
actually, we've been doing a shit ton more. Right. It turns out you're actually inferior. Yeah. So I think that that would blow minds. We'd have complete collapse. Mm -hmm. I do think it'd be rebuilt better. I think. I think you're right. You know, more honesty is always better. Are there times that maybe it's, you know, you don't want to. Sure. But we're done with that. Yeah. Everybody has to toughen up. Mm -hmm. You have to get prepared. You have to look and own your own shit. And that's, that's tough. It's tough and it's scary. But, but it sounds pretty liberating. It does, especially for women. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at that point, I I kind of like the idea. Let's burn it all down. Yeah. Let's just be honest. Let's be ready. It's yeah. sort of like if you if you imagine the men are Care Bears, okay? <laughs> and you're like, hey, guys, guess what we're going to do? We're going to go to He-Man's castle and he's going to desecrate you. Wow. Wow. That took a that's very kind of what would dark, happen. dark like, turn. Like, oh, my God. And, and at first it would seem terrible. Like, how could you do that to a Care Bear? Why are you doing that? And then when you get to the other side and the Care Bear is tough, (laughs) he can stand on his own. Yeah. Everybody's better off. And that Care Bear probably knows how much work He-Man and Skeletor have been doing. Yes. And now He-Man doesn't have to cover for them too. And He-Man and Skeletor don't have to nag and they don't have to like couch things. And hey, you better get that Care Bear stair going. Exactly. And so they all sort of even out and they become Mm -hmm. like Fraggle Rock, like right in the middle. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And everyone's sharing responsibilities, and Great. it's all good. It's wonderful. Yeah, just a little bit of societal collapse before we get there. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a tiny just bit. Just a tiny just a bit. Smidge. Just a smidge. Smidge of dystopia. Just a smidge. Let's change those rainbows <laughs> on the tummies to like skull and crossbones. <laughs> <laughs> that went very dark and metaphorical, and I like it. I do too. Yeah. So, because we're talking a lot about emotional labor, yes. particularly that women do. That men don't really seem to have to even recognize. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the most unbearable piece of that? that well, I think you kind of do? alluded to it. The the ways that we have to communicate, particularly in business, mm-hmm. the way that we have to frame our language, in a, especially in a corporate work environment, but in really any work environment, to make it look like we're not bitches Mm -hmm. to make it look like oh I have an idea but I don't want to step on anyone's toes or oh hey you know your idea right there great except let's let's think about this too we have to do so much work in framing our emails Mm -hmm. in framing our conversations in meetings in trying to gauge what you know what a particular guy is thinking what this particular guy is thinking when I can insert myself and not be a bitch but be assertive mm-hmm. all of these competing kinds of things and i think guys just have absolutely no idea mm-hmm. that we do that yeah that it exists that it's necessary mm-hmm. and that we are helping to save their egos because yes. their egos are fragile fragile little care bears so fragile i think um we've talked too about how we minimize ourselves in business communication in the emails the amount of times we use just 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 checking in. Yes. Just, just want to follow up. Just want to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, like just a quick reminder. Yes. Beep, beep. So many smiley faces. So many exclamation points. Whereas there's so many times I just want to write out a sentence and be like, deal with it. Yeah. I Not, have started. Just bi- a quick reminder. I'm emailing you because the last time you didn't do this shit. Mm-hmm. So this time I'm telling you, do your shit. Yeah. Extra sorries when we don't need to put sorry. sorries in. I'm so sorry. Sorry. But just generally, I think putting so much more time and effort into presenting our messages, whether they are emails, whether they are overall communications, whether they are interpersonal relationships, Mm -hmm. the guys don't have to do. No. They say what they want, Mm -hmm. and then they move on. And then we have to deal with it. Yes. And then they get mad when they have to go to sexual harassment (laughs) seminars. (laughs) When the lines get redrawn, Erin, over time. So men can't flirt anymore? As Andrew Cuomo said, the lines were just, it was just a generational difference. The lines were redrawn, and I didn't know the extent to which they were redrawn. No, you were always an asshole. Just women didn't call you on it. Yeah, you were always on the wrong side of that line. Always the on the line wrong side of the line. The line didn't move. No. It's just that people willing to hold people responsible mm-hmm. decided to cross the line, mm-hmm. to come over to your side and say, hey. Not cool. You're dancing here, and I don't <laughs> like it. Yeah, that was one of the worst offenses I've ever seen. Oh. That was just a the non-apology of all non-apologies. It was it was something spectacular. Yes, way to really light a fire under a whole group of women. Good job putting that one out, buddy. You didn't just like throw gasoline. Yeah, it's been a it's been a tough year and a half, Mr. Cuomo, and your non-apology set a fire. It did. Yeah, set a fire. Ugh. Yeah. Speaking of fires, yes. sometimes 
because of all the extra emotional labor we are doing, mm-hmm. we just, our fires burn out, Aaron. They burn out. Burn out hard. They do. They do. Burnout happens. Mm-hmm. I think women talk about burnout a lot mm-hmm. because there are so much we are expected to do and mm-hmm. so we are burning out. Mm-hmm. How do you think burnout appears in women mm-hmm. versus how it appears in men? Okay. I do think that burnout incurs in both. I think it's different. I think that women burn out because we just want to be seen. Yeah. Men burn out because they want to be seen as cool. They're already seen. They want to be seen as a certain thing. So they already have the basic right that we don't have, which is I see you and I see what you're doing. And my work is being recognized. My work is being seen. So now I want to be seen as cool. I buy a convertible. I have an affair. I change careers. I embrace some passion because I want to be seen as something different than I've been seen as. Whereas women are like, I just want to be seen. Just see all the things I'm doing. Look at everything I did. Will somebody notice? And that's why we burn out because one, it's not sustainable. You can't do all those jobs for all that time especially no being invisible and yes. no one seeing you yeah i don't care even how you see me i just want you to see me mm-hmm. if you call me a bitch great you saw me <laughs> you saw me i am that's wonderful i am a bitch i am welcome <laughs> thank you that's all i want but man they have the luxury of going to the next level and saying you know what? I don't. You see me, but I don't. I'm. I don't like how defined. you see me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want that. Uh-uh. I'm not just a dad. I'm also right. This, that, and this. So I'm a hip, me. hip middle-aged man. I'm gonna get tough, and I'm gonna do this. So I'm gonna date a 22-year-old. Yes. That's my daughter's age. Yes. 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 And I'm gonna live outside my means, and then I'm gonna be surprised when I get taken down on <laughs> ET tonight <laughs> for running a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> Meanwhile, some woman is at the bottom of that scheme being like, nobody sees me. No, nobody sees me. That is such a brilliant way of looking at it. I think I'd never thought about midlife crises for men as burnout, but it totally is. It is. It's just a different, there's just takes a different form because they have the luxury of deciding that their identity isn't quite right, where Mm -hmm. we don't even have the luxury of saying we have an identity. It also feels like the way that we are socialized too, where women do everything intern. You know, we mm-hmm. internalize everything, so we're burning out from the inside. Whereas yes. guys externalize everything. Yes. So I'm going to leave a flame of scorched earth behind me, right? And I'm going to go, you know, mm-hmm. make this new path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then, if they have a moment where they realize that they haven't been treating people right, and they repent and they mm-hmm. do better, that's great. Oh God, it's so great. But if the opposite, if you finally burn out on the inside, and you, as a woman, bring it to the forefront and say. I can't do this anymore. This is too much. This is that. This is. Are you having a breakdown? Yeah. Are you emotionally are unstable? You, oh my God. You're is sounding hysterical. Are is you crazy? Are you, what, are you? Are you menopausal? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you pregnant? <laughs> Maybe you need to go on a diet. Oh yeah. You're not eating well. You're not eating well. You're not eating well. well. You're not running enough miles. No. You need to get that out. Yeah. Maybe if you like got up and showered, you'd feel better about yourself. <laughs> So this is why, if we were all brutally honest, society would crumble. It would collapse. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking apocalyptic novel type collapse. Yes, because men have the luxury of sort of deciding the roles that they want to be in. Yes. Women often do not. Right. Have you ever found yourself in a role that you really didn't want to do or hadn't really been asked? And what did you do? How'd that happen? Well, imagine this. It was in a relationship. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and I think it was a, care, uh, uh, a combination of girlfriend slash mother slash therapist slash punching bag. Because oh. all of those things can come right in. And yeah. it was a case, I believe, where this gentleman was nearing middle age and burnout. Oh. And I was the cause. I was not seeing him in the way that he needed to be seen. After you're talking about this, it totally makes sense. Oh, yeah. And part of it was he had suddenly decided for his life to have meaning. He needed to have kids. I never wanted kids, and I thought that he was the same. But suddenly he was so desperate to have something to give him meaning, to look a certain way. And because I was denying him those things, I was... Uh, getting a lot of his anger but then he also had to talk it out and I had to reassure him as the therapist as the mother as all of those things Mm -hmm. and that's too goddamn much no 
And I remember in one of our final fights before I left, I said, I am not your fucking mother and I am not your fucking therapist. And he was aghast, had no idea what I was talking about. Like, I don't, how could you even say that? What are you talking about? I know this. I'm like, (laughs) no, you don't. No, you don't. You don't know. You don't know what the hell I'm talking about. No, because think about put that in a different context. You're a guy and you get a fight in a bar. Okay, Mm -hmm. you punch someone out. Right. You don't then turn around, get a beer, and sit down. Be like, dude, I'm sorry. Here's what's going on with me. Exactly. At work, I've been really stressed. I don't think I'm getting my promotion. Mm -hmm. I think that I might want to have kids. I don't know what to do about that. That doesn't happen. Mm -mm. You punch the guy, you leave. It's over, and you for the rest of your life, you hate that guy. But that's not the role. We take the punches, and Mm -hmm. then I'm saying metaphorically, not you know. But yes. you take them and then you say, oh, yeah, let me hear about why you're so angry. Yeah. That's where I'm at now. Yeah. Let me do some of that work for this you. This reminds me. I saw a uh, Instagram reel, I think, yesterday where it was someone like, listen, yeah, you may have all sorts of good reasons for why the person in your life is not treating you in the right way. You're going to justify it for all of these reasons that this person has had trauma. It doesn't matter. It comes down to they're not treating you in the right way. Yes. That's the problem. Yes. Who cares what happened to them in the past to make them this way? Yes. You got to get the fuck out. Yep. And I was like, oh, shit, I feel that hard. Yeah. Because we don't view it that way. No, we have we to make do the excuses. extra labor. Yes. yes. Yeah. We'll, we'll get them there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we'll get them there. We'll get them there. We and love a project, why- right? We love a project. And that's why I stayed in that relationship for way too long. Mm-hmm. Because there was always an excuse I was making mm-hmm. to justify what was happening. Men have the ability to be garbage people. Yes. And still have people want to help them. Whereas- and only many years later did I realize he is a garbage, garbage person. Yeah. And all of the things that was happening did I have a language for mm-hmm. later on? Yeah, of yeah. course. And you didn't have the option to be a garbage person. Nope. You had to be together enough for both of you. Yeah, I had to be the mommy and the therapist it's too. It's too much. Too much, Erin. It's too much. Well, Which I'm I think brings you. us to. I know. We kind of have an unprecedented moment this an week. An unprecedented moment. It happened moment. one time on accident. <laughs> on accident. But this one we did on purpose. We did. Because, because we were talking about it so yes. much. Yes. And we decided... One of us can't shoulder the burden of this. No, it's too One much. One of us can't encapsulate the excitement for this book. No. We have to both talk about it and yes. show you our love for it and how much we recommend it. And in typical ride or dieness, we both happen to be reading it at the same time. Exactly. So it just had to be. And in another just wonderful thing, this is an Iowan. It she is. She in Iowa. She does. And she is bringing the hot, hot, hotness. Hot. To a theme of being fed up and having too much emotional labor Done. to do. So we're talking about the same book. We both have the same fiction pick this week. Mm-hmm. What is it? It's called Night Bitch. Night Bitch. Night Bitch by Rachel Yoder. This just came out in July. Just came out. Hot, hot, hot off the presses. I just want to point out that I was so excited about our discussion that I have no notes. <laughs> <laughs> because I was like, I just have too many things in my head to even start to write them down. I was like, I'm just going to go where it goes. It's funny because I, as I started going, I was like, I don't have a lot of notes either. I just have more feelings yes. about this. Yes. I mean, I think basically the plot can be summarized in that a mother of a toddler is convinced she's turning into a dog. Yes. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. Whether or not she's turning into that dog, that's up to you. That's very much up to you. But mm-hmm. can I tell you that the ride along the way is so fulfilling? It's, I felt so seen. Yeah. So many levels. And I think there's so many great things here. Like she is, the husband is gone for most of every week. Mm -hmm. The son is two. Is that? Yes. Two-ish? Yes. Okay. She is working at home Mm -hmm. alone. Mm -hmm. Well, she had a job. She had a job. Outside of the home. She was an artist. Mm -hmm. Had a gallery job and everything. Job she loved. Yes. And that went away. That went away. Because she couldn't. It was too hard to balance. I mean, a gallery job, you got nights, you got weekends. Somebody else was caring for a child all the time. And she naturally felt what the parent guilt Mm -hmm. and shame. Mm -hmm. Which always falls on the mom. Correct. Mm -hmm. I think another thing about this is that she's isolated. Yes. Very isolated. In part because she's not, she doesn't have the job. Mm -hmm. She is just surrounded by a toddler all day. Mm-hmm. But also when she goes to other parent things, there's like a very distinct group of moms that she just doesn't see herself as. Mm-hmm. And I imagine that has to be such a lonely, lonely feeling. 
And the assumption, I think, sometimes is that parents want to socialize with parents. And I'm not saying that you don't, but think about how you make friends. Like, you don't make friends solely based on, like, one thing. Like, oh, I want to make friends with people who like pizza. Like, that's too Mm -hmm. broad of a thing. Mm -mm. It's the same thing with parenting. Like, people assume, oh, if you're a a mom that works, you know, at home with your child, your stay-at-home mom, that somehow that must mean that that's all you want to surround yourself with, which a lot of times it's it's not. It doesn't click. That's a great point. Yeah, because I, I think, especially at first, she just feels like there's nothing in common no. with these other adults who happen to have the same existence that she does. Yes. Yeah. And there's an MLM factor going on. Multi-level marketing. Which, you know, I'm I mean, a sucker for. This book has everything. It has everything. And in this, what I loved, too, uh, when the MLM comes up is that the main leader that's trying to recruit her just admits like, well, we just do it so we can tell our husbands we have to leave and go work on business. And I just yes. couldn't get over that. Like just saying that, like yeah. not just, no, I'm going to go have a night out because that's not acceptable. It's not acceptable. You have to be doing something productive if you're female. You can't just have a night off. Well, and there's so many um, true. I mean, it. there's so much here yes. from just that very simple like description of what this is. It is so in-depth in her mind and her experience um, it feels like, too, that, you know, when her husband comes home from work after the week, like she wants to just be like, I'm out. Mm-hmm. I'm out for the weekend. I'm going to go do my thing. Mm-hmm. But no, he has to have time to decompress. He yeah. has to have time to do this. So no, like, wait, I need to babysit later kind of thing. Like, it's not his responsibility. Correct. It's her responsibility. So and there's she just should no be happy. She He's should be providing happy. this for her. That's such a great part of this, too, is that she keeps shaming herself because she's like, I should be okay with this. I should be more happy. I should with be this. grateful because other mm-hmm. people don't have this option. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's important to note, too, that there's such a rawness and vulnerability to this book that it, it, as pictured here, I have kids, you don't. Mm-hmm. There's so much more. It, we're framing this in the discussion about her being a stay-at-home parent, but there's just so much more just about what women do being in general. A woman. Yeah. It's not just about the parenting aspect. It's about managing everything. It's mm-hmm. that expectation that if a female's around, they're going to do it. They're going to organize it. They're going to put it together. They're going to make you look good. They're going to make sure your life functions. That's their role. And there's no need to relook at that. There's no reason to say, oh, she might get burnt out. This might be too much. No, Mm -mm. that's it. So I think no matter where you are, this book is going to speak to you. And it's great because there's so much pressure. There's been two years of this pressure. It's just Mm -hmm. continuing pressure and boredom. Mm -hmm. She's bored out of her goddamn mind. Mm -hmm. And she fully admits that. And... So as she starts having these feelings and these sensations, she's not quite sure if it's real or if it's, you know, just in her head because maybe she's going crazy. Yes. We'll say there are some wonderfully visceral scenes where she's going with the idea that she is a dog. Yes. And in a way, doesn't she become like a better mother and a better wife because of it? Yes, absolutely. There's so many great moments in this book just from a... Like, oh, yeah, I want to see that play out, but also really affirming and Mm -hmm. a lot of interesting thoughts and themes running in there that I really think have that this book has so much to say. So much to say. I think about, um, you know, the invisible work also just all that shaming that she does of herself of like, this is a privilege that I get to stay home. And so I should enjoy it. I should be satisfied. But no matter what, it's work. It's not just sitting around and doing nothing. It is hard, hard work. Mm -hmm. And it's work that has to be done, but it's not valued. It's not valued by her husband. It's Mm -hmm. not valued by the people in the town. It's not valued by our society Mm -hmm. as a whole. Because ultimately we live in a society that values money above all Mm -hmm. else. So when you're doing a job that doesn't actually put money on the table, that you're not bringing, quote unquote, bringing anything to the table monetarily, automatically you give up your vote. Basically, Mm -hmm. you give up your right to have an opinion or to have any feelings or to not be. It's like somehow you get shamed into this role of, well, you're staying home taking care of the kids. So that means that whatever you want doesn't really matter because you're getting this great privilege instead of really, if you really think about it, and she makes that point early on in the book, there was never a discussion between the two of them of who was going to keep their job. Mm -mm. And there very rarely is. And, but then, then 
that also, because that conversation never happens, it's like, well, you, you, of course you're going to do it and you should be happy about it. Exactly. Instead of like, you're sacrificing something. So actually I should be. And let me honor this sacrifice. Exactly. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And not act like, oh, well I have to do all this extra work because you get the privilege of staying home and doing nothing. Yeah. I also feel like the, like you said that because this work is not valued, then women and mothers are increasingly not valued. Yes. And it's such a wasted resource. It's such mm-hmm. a wasted like point of view. And I love that we're starting to see more books like this. Yes. That are really exploring that. Yeah. And this one is wild. It is so good. And I think no matter where you are, you're going to get something out of it. But mm-hmm. I can say, especially as a parent and I, I had the experience of working. I mean, I had a a job with all my kids, but one was outside of the home primarily. The other one, I worked from home, Mm -hmm. which is its own set of problems. But because you're you're never off when you work at home. No, yeah, no, you never are, and then you feel guilty because you're not doing one or the other to your full ability. But but that her explanation and some of those feelings are just so accurate of how you feel and how you feel like you're losing yourself. And so then you could see how this other idea slips in. Like I'm becoming this other thing that I don't recognize. Mm -hmm. So is it that much of a stretch to say I'm becoming a dog? I love also that there's this subplot of a book that she finds because Mm -hmm. she like, you know, maybe women our age, she starts having this experience and she's like, I don't really want to go to the internet. I want to go to the library. I want to find a basis for this. So she finds this book that's all about almost like, feral women fairy tale type women yes. by this uh scientist this researcher and i forget is it wanda wanda white wanda white and the book goes into like all of these almost mythological women yes that this researcher finds like these bird women from south america and these almost like werewolf type women in uh you know uh, siberia in russia and I love how the mom starts reading this and is just like, this is a woman I need to talk to. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes increasingly like interested in and almost a little bit stalkery of like, yes, I got to I got to talk to her. I got to figure this out. Yes, absolutely. I think based on both of our reading experiences, we talk a lot about we, obviously we've recommended a lot of books. We talk a lot about our reading process and there are books that build, right? You mm-hmm. start and you're like, where's this going? And it, the payoff's amazing or a mystery. You're like propulsive. I got to get to the end, find out. This is one of those that you start reading and a couple pages in, you're like, what? Mm-hmm. This is amazing. I mean, I don't even, even if nothing else happens, these first three pages were everything. And That's I have how no idea where it's going, mm-hmm. but I'm here for it. I'm yes. ready to go. Yes. Yeah. I think it's interesting, too, that this is coming out now. Obviously, this was written at least a couple years ago, if not more. I'm sure she was working on this for a while. Um, But it it feels like it's coming out at a very particular moment of where women are really, like, fed up. Because Mm -hmm. all those distinctions between, like, working at home or working out of home versus being a work-at-home mom, all of that. The pandemic has sort of erased it. Like, mm-hmm. it's put so much additional pressure on you moms mm-hmm. to do everything. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder if there's a lot of moms out there thinking they might be turning into dogs. I, I, You know what? If you are, you need to read this book. You need to read this book. And also good for you. Embrace it. Yeah. Because she embraces it. Yeah. It's great. It is so good. <laughs> Wonderful. So we can't recommend it enough. We can't. And we were talking about it. We're like, we just, we have to, we got to go in together on this mm-hmm. one. We did not go the same route for nonfiction. No, we, we brought two different picks. We did do two yeah. different picks. I bet they're similar yeah. in some ways. Mm-hmm. I brought a novel in translation. Ooh. And this is called Kim Ji-young, born 1982. The author's name is Cho Nam-jo, and it's translated by Jamie Chang. And this is based in Seoul, Korea. And a 30-something woman has left her job to care for her baby full-time. And this is an expectation for many Korean women, no matter where you are in your career. Um, But as she does this, she starts acting funky. She's impersonating the voices of other women, some who are alive, some who are dead, some who are known, some just complete strangers. So her husband, her parents, her in-laws, they all think that she's going crazy. Yeah. So they send her to a psychiatrist and a uh, sort of in, uh, why can't I think of the 
the uh, in care in inpatient inpatient. Good <laughs> lord! <laughs> and that sets up then Kim Jong telling her story, and it's interesting because it's it's a very normal story, mm-hmm. very Korean story. When she was born, she was given the most common name for Korean baby girls. Growing up, she's ignored in favor of her brother, who can do no wrong. Right, because he's a boy. Mm-hmm. She is in school. She's subject to very strict rules from teachers on girl behavior while boys can you know, run free. Mm-hmm. She, as she gets older, she is regularly harassed and assaulted. And all of her schooling, all of her work, the minute she gets married and has a kid, she's supposed to give up to take care of her husband and her mm-hmm. child. And what's great is that from the start, she says, like, her story is not super special. It's a normal woman of this age, of this culture. And Korea, supposedly at this time, is getting more fair with looser birth control policies and more laws against gender discrimination. But just like here, practice is very, very different Yes, from what is legal and what is accepted. And what's interesting, then, is that all of this comes down to a male psychiatrist determining whether she's crazy <sighs> or not. Of course. So I chose it for this theme because I I love, just like with Night Bitch, like, Mm -hmm. is she really going crazy? Has the world just made her crazy? Mm -hmm. Is it both? Who knows? I love, too, that it's a simple story. It's a common story. The writing style is very minimal. It's just sort of laying things out. Like, this is my life. Mm -hmm. This is what happened. And then, like I said, the ultimate decision is by a man. And I love, too, because we know... American society is all sorts of fucked up when it comes to valuing women and supporting mothers. And it's interesting to see other cultures that are equally, if not more, messed up Mm -hmm. when it comes to this. It just shows that this is a global issue, that Mm -hmm. all around the world, women's work and women's labor and women themselves are not valued in favor of men. So it's interesting. It gives you a little bit perspective. It may be depressing, too to know that yeah but it's interesting too and i love that it's like look what you made me do you made me go fucking crazy and start talking about all these voices (laughs) what you made me do i'm nuts i'm nuts well i this i brought um it's a collection of essays it's called the wreckage of my presence by casey wilson Mm -hmm. casey wilson yes yeah who i'm kind of obsessed with um this came out may 2021 so she started on snl She's written a bunch of stuff. She's starred in other things, most recently Black Monday. She was also in the um, sitcom Happy Endings. Mm -hmm. Famously, that's where she met her husband. But this is a collection of essays about her family, her life, her career, being a mom, how she grew up, how she traverses kind of Hollywood. Um, She is definitely not your typical Hollywood star in that she's not a certain size. She doesn't look Mm -hmm. a certain way. She's sort of a comedic actor, so that puts her in a certain category. Um, and I think to be a really good comedian, there has to be a certain kind of rawness and vulnerability to you because you have to be able to access something that a lot of people are going to feel, but in a way that's relatable. Mm-hmm. And I think that takes an extra dive that we sometimes don't give credit to really comedic actors that that takes sometimes a whole different level. Yeah. And I think that that's on full display in these essays. And that's why I brought it after Night Bitch, because it's so raw and vulnerable, but also so funny. And I, it is not an exaggeration that I laughed. I cried. Oh, my god! And then I did both in the same essay. I mean, it is. it was a really profound reading experience for me. And I don't mean that because I've always been a Casey Wilson fan. I mean that just like she really gripped into what a lot of women feel. She talks a lot about... Um, the guilt and shame that she had after she became a parent first the 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 nerves of i'm i'm responsible for this person and like so many things could go wrong and i don't yeah. know how to stop it and then the guilt of okay i'm torn over here cuz my career's doing this thing and i need to stay on it and i'm going to stay on it but then that means that they're going to eat mcdonald's 16 days in a row mm-hmm. you know all these trade offs that we do that don't seem to happen for men Mm-mm. or because her husband um, has a very prolific career and is very busy they sort of struck this balance without a discussion of her career maybe taking a little bit of a back seat Mm. so she's the primary person at home and she does it with a lot of humor but she recounts some of their conversations and there's just so many things that I felt so gripped into she talks a lot about body image and how when she got on SNL they said you weigh too much you need to lose you can't play certain characters Um, how she really lost herself on that show because her stuff didn't get aired she wasn't putting a lot of sketches and then she was cut after two seasons and how much work she had to do to come back from that. She talks, she lost her mom um, 
surprise, you know, suddenly from a heart attack and the impact that had on her and what she remembers about body image from her or work ethic. There was just so many things that I felt, again, like very seen and very relatable and so down to earth and so different than what you would expect from sort of a Hollywood person's memoir. Mm -hmm. It was just different. It felt like you were talking to a friend. It felt like she was just you know, in a room just telling you a funny story and it didn't really have anything to do with Hollywood necessarily. She doesn't name drop. Mm -hmm. She does a few times in a really funny way because she did something really goofy, but she doesn't do it in a way, you know, some people like, oh, this is where I live, you know. She's really real about, you know, she's certain things that she loves and she's not willing to give up. Um, I, You know, I'm dangerously close again to stalking territory because I'm like super obsessed now. Like I just want to be. She sounds like someone good to be obsessed with. She is. Yeah. Yeah. And this is also piggybacking on a discussion from our reader interviews. I listened to this as an audiobook. Mm. And I wanted to say that, yes, it was her reading it. And I really think it impacted the experience because honestly, there are times when she's reading where you think she might be crying. Oh my gosh. Because it's so deep and personal and so relatable and I'm sure so hard to talk about. And then there's other times where you know her voice, like there's these little songs that she used to sing when she was little. And so, you know, it's her voice telling you them. There's so much there that you love and you just want to root for and Mm -hmm. I'm kind of obsessed with and I'm yeah I I can't recommend this enough I think regardless if you've never heard about her there's all of the essays just have something you don't even have to read them together necessarily Mm -hmm. they just all are really about life and the struggle we all face to figure out what we want to do and what matters more and how do we balance everything yeah it does make me think of like all of the actresses that disappear once they start having kids. Yeah. And some of that may be conscious choice. Some of it may be the, you know, the conversation that doesn't really happen. Yeah. Some of it may be Hollywood bias too, because, you know, so many, I mean, we know that so many older women don't get paid much attention in Hollywood anyway, but it's so interesting to think of the kinds of struggles that, working mothers have Mm -hmm. in the normal world also plays out in fucking Hollywood too yeah yeah it was so relatable there's some some stuff in there about their uh first son that was born had some health issues when he was little and she talks so profoundly about the guilt she felt as a parent Mm. like I'm I'm messing this up I'm the parent that's at home so clearly this is on me god and it just you just feel for her but you also can as if you just pull on those feelings that yes. you had that before. It's just so, and and then she's also hilarious talking about how she's a bed person. Like in every episode she's in of every TV show, she's always going to be angling for a sit down. Like I should be <laughs> sitting in this scene, right? I should not be standing. Oh my God. That's relatable as hell. It's so relatable. She talks about being addicted to candy and thinking that like, oh, I need to change something about myself. So she talks to a nutritionist and then towards the end, as she gets older, when she goes into nutritionist, she's like listen here's the deal i monday tuesday are going to be great i'm going to be like i'm people should be so i should be the poster child of diet i should be an influencer yeah i am amazing at this she said wednesday it's going to be wobbly thursday wheels are off the bus i'm going to drink dr pepper i'm going to eat ho-hos i'm going to eat all the starbursts i'm going to do all the things yeah because that's what i do that's what happens and then by friday saturday sunday it's it's over it's a shit show because i've already given up i mean she it's just wonderful and she talks a lot about her family and you know there's some flaws in her family as there are everyone's but her deep love for them past that and i i there's just so much there i love when women own their shit yes and something as raw and vulnerable as this topic in a memoir has to be so affecting speaking of owning shit yes my pop culture pick is something we're both obsessed with. Oh, gosh. And that's the new Rumors video <gasps> by Lizzo and Cardi Ooh. B. This, this is, is a good one. Oh, this I came out think of that. on Friday and I immediately thought, oh, yep. whoa, mm-hmm. this applies. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't had the pleasure yet of watching the new song by Lizzo and Cardi B, it's called Rumors. We'll link to the video. Basically, all you need to know is it's two women on top of music that team up and make a song about owning their true shit and saying fuck you to everyone. Yeah. All the rumors are true. All the rumors are true. I love that so much. I love that 
uh, Lizzo especially like takes on her body, like all the shit that people say about her body, how she shows it on media, how she's supposedly glorifying obesity and sex. She's like, yeah, the rumors are true. Yeah, I am. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Admitting that, yeah, she was hit hard by some of the attention on social media over the last year. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And also the line about spending all your time trying to break a woman down. Oh, true words never spoken. Never. There's real shit going on. Exactly. Take a look around. I love that Lizzo is surrounded by glorious big ladies dancing their hearts out. So good. I love that when Cardi B comes out, she has her pregnant belly out. Pregnant belly. And she says, yeah, I made a shit ton of stripping. And yeah, I got fake tits. So what? Yeah. The rumors are true. Rumors are true. I'm not even mad about it. (laughs) I also love that there's this main video, but then there's also a lyrics video that is hilarious. Mm -hmm. And you get to see some of the social media posts Mm -hmm. that Lizzo is talking about. So you really get the message. One of my favorite parts in it is the way she changes her voice when she's like, I got hit by the stuff on the internet. My smoothie cleanse of my diet. Yeah, and she's like, oh, no, people are freaking out. I just, she's a genius. She's a national treasure. Yeah. And I'm glad that she's back making some music. I think right now, specifically, I'm adding at you, Biden. What we saw (laughs) in the last presidency was that we could give Medal of Freedom to whoever. Whoever. I'm pretty sure Rush got one before he died, right? Rush Limbaugh got Medal of Freedom. Worst human male ever. ever. Just a garbage person wearing this medal. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean to take that away from what I'm about to say, but I'm just saying if there's ever anyone I think deserves a Medal of Freedom. Let's give them to both. Let's give it and say, look. This is the type of thing we need to be thinking yeah. about. This is what we need. All the rumors are true. All the rumors are true. I, she's yeah. owning it. She's owning it. Yes. And she's basically saying, like, look what you made me do. Yes. I'm owning this. I love that we hear the expectations on them as women, but also as black women. Mm-hmm. And they just, and as a mom, mm-hmm. Cardi B, and just say, yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. I love the Cardi B stuff, too, because she talks about basically like people say she's auto-tuned or it's not her voice. Yeah. And then she's like, that's cool. I'm cool. My my hits live in the top 10. Yeah. Like, just so many great lines in there. Like, yep. Yeah, fine. Think what you want. Look yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah. Which is, I think where all women end up getting, right? Where we're all just like, yeah, that's fine. Look what I'm doing. I think part of that comes with age, too. Yes. And it's just like, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. This is me. Yeah. This is who I am. Here it is. Yeah. yeah. All the rumors are true. All I've done some shitty true. things. I've done some great things. I've done some things in between. Yeah. We all have. We all have. So stop throwing stones. Yeah. And look at my killer nails in this video. Because, <laughs> wow. And I was telling Aaron before we started recording, mm-hmm. this is Guinness Book of World Records long hair that mm-hmm. Lizzo is sporting at one point that mm-hmm. required at least five people to help pull it out of her trailer. Yes. So great. All for all of us. So good. Well, my pop culture pick is in the music vein as well. Oh. It is. Um, and I, I hearkened back to the title. And I'm recommending this week a Netflix documentary called Miss Americana, which is the Taylor Swift documentary. I watched this. Yes. I And there's a reason I'm doing this. And here's why. In this particular episode. I Because you're a Swifty? Apparently. Yeah, <laughs> apparently, I'm sort of out of myself as one. I didn't think I was. But this was directed by Lana Wilson. It was released in 2020. And what I love about it is that it's raw. And it's sort of saying like showing Taylor Swift just being lonely like I do everything that they want me to do I'm Mm -hmm. this person that they want me to be and it's gotten me nowhere I don't I don't get the accolades I don't get the awards because they say it's not edgy enough but I do edgy and then they say I'm not cute enough and then they say I'm dating this guy and that doesn't work now I can't keep a man so who am I supposed to date and I can't have friends because they stab me in the back like Mm -hmm. it's just this pile on of what's expected and her doing those things and still not getting anywhere yeah following the rules and then realizing the rules aren't aren't going to get you anywhere. You don't get anywhere. Mm. You're still in the middle of the game with nothing to show for it. (laughs) And I feel like that's such a common female experience. Like I'm doing everything right and it doesn't matter. And I love that towards the end we see this, you know what? I don't care. This is the song I want to make. These are the lyrics I want to put in. This is what I want to say. This is what I want to do. It's sort of this, it happens kind of quickly in the documentary because it's not very long, but 
this sort of overturn of like, you know what? Yeah, I'm not going to play by your rules because mm-hmm. guess what? There's power in being who I am and I'm going to own that now and use that power for what I want it for and not just for, which is proven by things that she's done this year, you know, re-releasing all of her songs with like maybe a slight change so that the old record company couldn't have control over them anymore. Oh, she re-released a whole album and just retuned little parts so that they can't <gasps> say it's the same. They can't make money off that anymore. Oh my God, how brilliant. Yeah, she's just, and you know, I think she does get a kind of in a weird way, like Lizzo, gets a bad rap of yeah. being this certain type of music star, certain type of person. She's supposed to toe that line because that's how her career started. And there was this idea that we weren't going to allow her to be any different. Mm-hmm. Like she had to be this person, sort of the Britney Spears trajectory. Like you got older, you change, you have other life experiences, but we don't want you to experience mm-hmm. or have those or talk about it. And what's interesting is like Britney Spears, you know, sort of started collapsing under the weight of that whereas mm-hmm. it feels like Taylor Swift just tried to commit to the rules even harder yes and it got her nowhere and then she was like wait a minute this is am I gonna allow myself to be collapsed like her or am yeah. I gonna do something different or am I gonna like allow because then she committed hard to politics that she believed yes. in, the causes she believed in and she was like this is yeah, yeah I didn't I'm say gonna... things before because I was told I couldn't right. and now I'm not gonna let somebody tell me what I can and can't do mm-hmm. and you know what yeah because it's for me, Taylor Swift's more recent stuff is what I have liked, as opposed to you know I think I was I was too old for when she first came out yeah. for that kind of age stuff. But yeah. you know, yeah, I, th- not enough credit given to her for the writing, all of the things that she does in the creative process. They sort of act like she's this pop star that just got propped up, and that's not really the case here. So I think it's a great documentary just to learn more about her but i really think there's this sort of message of like if i play by the rules where does that get me mm-hmm. you want me to play by the rules but then there's no reward at the end so at some point you can't be surprised when i say i'm not going to play by the rules it's interesting too that it, it becomes a thing about value too because yes. it, she's continually it's like and i'll admit i was not really a fan of her i think i was probably too old for yeah. a lot of it too yeah. and also i think i sort of fell prey to the narrative of like, oh, she's not really that talented. She's just, you know, uh-huh. she's just a pop star. She's just being propped up by all these people, whatever. And it's what we always do with women. Mm-hmm. And especially in this field. Yeah. And I, I mean, I agree. Because I had the same kind of idea. Until some of her other stuff, there was catchy stuff. Like, look what made you, mm-hmm. made me do. There was things that I was like, ooh, you know. Bad blood's another one that really spoke to me. Like, you shouldn't have done that. Now we have bad blood. <laughs> oh, I can't move past it. I'm sorry. So I, and I will say that no matter how you feel about the award, when she won that award and Kanye West was like, that should have been Beyonce. Yeah. The amount of grace that that took to not, like that's, think about that as a person, even if you love Beyonce. And, and she was she still very young at that point to too. To be able to handle yeah. that on a huge stage like that, how devastating. You had this huge moment and then someone was like, hey, by the way, no, none of us feel that way. I mean. That must have felt like a huge rejection, not only from you know, the people present, mm-hmm. but also just sort of society at large, yeah. maybe. Yeah. And I think that she's one that doesn't get the attention that way because she's always seemed to handle it well. So we don't put her in the Britney category of like, yes, oh, this is sad. the train wreck category. You're getting attacked. Mm-hmm. But in reality, she is. I mean, oh, you know, she dates too much. She does it. She's in her 20s. What, is, what do you want her to do? I mean, it's just, yeah. That's a good point. And every time, every album would come out and be like, ooh, who'd she date and break up with? And who's she singing about? Whereas guys do this all the time. Yeah. Apparently, none of us knew that Justin Timberlake made a million dollars off of his breakup with Britney yeah. by screwing her out of it. And we're still sort of like, meh, about mm-hmm. that. But yeah, no one ever, you know, goes to K-pop groups and like, who he's singing about? Mm-hmm. Who are you singing about? But Taylor's just dated and broken up. So yeah. she's just a slut. And so she it's just, is. yeah. Yeah, it's it's sort of like a PG slut shaming. Mm-hmm. It, it, we're not saying that it just you just date too much. Exactly. You can't keep a man. You can't keep him. That must mean there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Not that most men are garbage and you just most haven't men found are garbage. one that works yet. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You crazy, crazy person. <laughs> God. Jeez. It's a good pick, especially for this theme. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I watched that because I had read something about the fact of her like sort of taking ownership for herself. So I was kind of curious. And yeah, I really enjoyed watching that. Yeah, and, I think even if you don't like her, you don't listen mm-hmm. to her music. I just think it's interesting. Just, it's sort of a behind the scenes look at some of that 
stuff that we assume is a different way. You know, yeah. when she, the one scene I'm thinking of is when she's on the phone to find out if she was nominated for awards and she's by herself in sweatpants. Like, yes. you don't think about it that way. You think it's more glamorous. Yes. And we sometimes forget that these are people like the Lizzo song. That's a person. Mm-hmm. It's a person with feelings on the other side of that, that you're personally attacking something that they can't even control. People are Bizarre. gross. It's, people are gross. They're so gross. And then... What makes me mad is that we don't pay enough attention to garbage people that do deserve that. <laughs> Let's dump on them. Not on national treasures. Exactly. And we'll start the campaign for the Presidential Medal of Freedom for Lizzo now. I'm saying. At Biden. <laughs> That's how it works, right? You just say, <laughs> You're I'm just adding saying. you. And then some te- somehow technology makes it happen. It just happens. That's yeah. how it happens. Yeah. I think that's what happens. Yeah, yeah. I, for sure. I, I, I'm expecting we'll see some about it <laughs> after this comes out. Because you just at someone. Don't at me. You won't find me. <laughs> oh, look what you made me do. That's a good theme. It was so good. Mm-hmm. And it felt really good. It felt really good. To talk about it. Get some it. stuff off of our chest. Stuff off our chest. And we're not saying that we're fed up, but... We're saying that we're fed up with stuff. Yeah. With garbage people, with the world, with work, with everything. I'm not saying I'm a dog, but (laughs) I am saying I'm a bitch. (laughs) I'm not saying a dog, but I might be a dog. (laughs) But I might be a dog. It might fit. I also just love that they never give her a name. She's just night bitch. That's fantastic. But I love at the beginning of it that it's just the mother. Yeah. The mother. You're right. The mother. The The mother. mother. Because that's all you are at it's that point. It's universe. Exactly. Yeah. You're a mother. You're just a mom. Just a mom. Just a mom. Mm-hmm. Then she turns around and she pulls a Lizzo and says, I'm 100% that bitch. The rumors are true. The rumors I are am true. a dog. I am a dog. And I am a bitch. <laughs> and my boobs are done. <laughs> Boom. Mic drop. See you next week. <laughs> Another great episode, Aaron. Another great episode. I do think that um, we should probably talk about the fact that normally we would be back next Wednesday. Yeah. But we might be taking on a new schedule. We're per trying some, it out. Per some feedback we've heard. Yes. That people might want some more time to read in between our picks. And we get it. We do. Sometimes we can get overwhelmed. Yes. By the wonderful things that we're talking about by our own library lists, our own TBRs. Yes. So we want to give you that grace and that yeah. space and that time. So we're going to stagger our episodes now. And they're going to come out every other Wednesday. Because we are bad bitches. We and are. And that's how we roll. That's what we do. We stepped up. We made a decision that was good for the group. <laughs> we thought of everyone. And here we are. So you have time to catch up and you read all of these Time to catch things. up and yes. to, yeah. And take that time and read Night Bitch. Yes. You're going to enjoy it. You are. Yeah. It's going to be great. So in the meantime. Happy reading. I'm up again. Same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're they're coming out of me, and... To me, I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor. The final evidence. The heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You. You hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. (laughs) Because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. 
Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D, woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.